So today in our spaces, we have uh, industrial engineer and AI NFT artist, Soma. Or is it Soma AI? I don't know which you, you prefer going by. Is the AI a, a part of your, your project name or is that just letting people know that it's an AI project? Uh, it's like both. Um, a lot of people just shorthand say Soma. It's a lot easier and it's not necessary. You always have to say AI, you know what I mean? So we just, it's either way works. No preference. All right. Awesome. Well, I've, I've really been looking forward to having this space uh, for a while because um, I'm really curious about AI art. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how you got started with the project and what made you decide to go the AI route? Yeah. So um, I do want to preface this by saying, so Soma is um, me, obviously, and it's also my boyfriend, Ryan. My name's Fallon. Um, I am an industrial engineer, uh, but Ryan is also a machine learning programmer, and that's really, really important for this project, obviously being in artificial intelligence. Um, so how we got started with NFTs and the AI route was I just recently graduated college as, like you mentioned, industrial engineer, and I did my first internship um, for a couple months right after I graduated. and um, while it was very um, informative and I did enjoy the job, it wasn't as thought-provoking and creative as I'd like it to be. I w I'm not made to sit in a cubicle for nine to five, which is what I did, um, and then just basically work on CAD all day, which is what I, it's just basically a modeling program. Um, so that's basically what I did in my internship all day. But um, like I said, it just wasn't really what I liked. Um, and at the same time, Ryan's always been kind of a tech junkie. He has self-programmed for years. Uh, he reads tech news like the back of his hand. Um, and that's, a, that's where he was bringing up NFTs to me, whereas I wasn't as well-versed in that area. Um, but I, I knew at the time I didn't like my job. <laughs> so he was bringing NFTs up to me. And we were kind of just talking about it together and the potential and possibility that we were seeing in the metaverse and then the NFT space, because we've been in the crypto space for a while. We've, we invest in a lot of crypto, um, but we wanted to kind of go the NFT route. And so like, uh, we're not traditional artists though. Uh, we uh, aren't painters. We don't work with oil, unfortunately. We weren't gifted with that, that kind of gift set. So uh, we were like, okay, well, what could we do? And this is where Ryan kind of brought up to me AI and artificial intelligence and um, the possibility to go that route. And um, so that's really where the AI kind of coupled with the NFT space uh, in that moment. Um, but yeah, that's kind of just like how we got started. Um, and then uh, I'm going to let Ryan talk about like more of the actual technical process. Um, whereas if, as we go through the space, you're going to kind of see that I'm kind of like front end for a lot of Soma as you hear me talk in a lot of these spaces and not so much Ryan. Uh, this is just because Ryan is very introverted. He gets really anxious and doesn't do well, but he loves tech and he has a passion for tech. And so when he talks about it, you're definitely going to tell like he has a passion, but his social skills are a little, you know, <laughs> he's laughing at me. But um, so I just wanted to kind of like preface that because I know a lot of people just think so much just me, but it's not. He's a very big part of this project. Honestly, he's the artist of the project, whereas I am the marketing front frontier and um, on that front. So. All right. Well, stop picking on Ryan. All right. I know he's like laughing at me. He's like, dude, you're making me sound bad. And I was like, no, I just I, I like to always talk about it because he is a like the typical introvert and so but he's he loves tech though so when he talks about it there's such is there such a passion so let's talk a little bit about ai art um if if you want to get ryan on here because i i have a lot of questions about it I, I i've only really heard about ai art probably in the last three or four months and it's something that really intrigues me and, and i think it's kind of an avenue that I could kind of venture into um, as far as NFTs go, because I'm really not that artistically talented. So if if uh, you could just kind of describe for, um, like in layman's terms, tell us what AI art is about and how one would go about creating it. Oh, for sure. Let me hand off the phone to my other half. Hey everyone. Uh, yeah, so. I'm not the best at social uh, events, so sorry if I uh, say um too much or stutter or anything. But uh, so, yeah, I can basically describe like the idea behind it. I'll try to you know keep it uh, understandable. Uh, in the most general sense, uh, the ones that everyone's using that you see popularized is a GAN. You probably heard seen that around. Uh, it 
So basically, a GAN is a uh, it's a CNN, which is a convolutional neural network, which sounds you know something from Skynet going to take over, but it's uh it, it's pretty simple. And what a GAN is is basically having like two different machine learning models like argue with each other. So uh, an analogy I use all the time uh, is uh, so. One more thing, the popularized is a GAN and followed by a CLIP, which is a different model, which mostly processes words and uh, text rather than images. And so what the GAN does is it takes in a prompt or different uh, parameters. And so you can tell it like, hey, draw me, uh, draw me a dog. And so it'll do its best based on whatever data set that it's trained on. And then it'll go to CLIP, which is a discriminator model. And then it'll say, hey, is this a dog? And then it'll give you a, an error value. And it's like, there's a 1% chance this is a dog. Keep trying. And so that's that iteration process where that's that GAN stands for generative adversarial network. And so that adversarial part is uh, it competing with the, the discriminator saying like, no, try again, no, try again, no, try again. So the analogy is that the GAN generates the art. And so it's, it's like the car. And then the clip discriminator is like the steering wheel. So it guides it towards whatever end you're trying to get. And so it's the clip is what actually like evaluates the text you give it. So like by telling it a dog, it's actually is what uh, is measuring like is that a dog? Yes or no? Uh, yeah. So there, there's a lot of different parameters and uh, values you can modify uh, within the code, but that's kind of it in a in a nutshell. There's a lot of different, but there's dozens and dozens and dozens of different uh, models out there. So VQGAN plus clip is one. There's a big GAN. There's a deep sleep or deep dream uh there's different clips there's clip uh there's you can have multiple uh clip diffusion models too there's there's so there's plenty of different uh versions out there but a very popular one is vq gan plus clip uh yeah do you have any other questions so is, is that the particular program that you guys are using to generate the art yeah, so I, I've tried a lot of different ones. The one that I, I it works best with me, it has, uh, there's certain parameters I like to modify that a lot of, uh, I mean, people don't really know about, like uh, image step size or initial weight for like a, a prompt. Like you can tell it, like how much, do you, how much do you want me to use this prompt? Like, do you want me to like dog-ish or give me a strict dog? So there's a lot, like that's the initial weight value. And so there's uh, values like that or like a cut number or batch size. So there's a lot of different values that I like that I'm able to tweak by running uh, the VQGAN plus clip locally. That's the other thing, too, is that there's a lot of different ways to run it, such as, uh, so the three ways would be like a website, like a, what's a night cafe. Uh, I think Wombo, it's like a phone app, right? Phone app. And so with those, it's very uh, streamlined and the UI is like user friendly. And so you just like give it a prompt. You can modify stuff. I think you have to pay for night cafe if I'm not wrong, but. Uh, the other way that's very popular is uh, Google Collab Notebooks. So this is all these uh, CNNs are very like computationally heavy. So if you don't have a very powerful GPU, you're not going to be able to run them uh, locally. So uh, Google Collabs, you actually kind of rent a GPU online. And so you can use the notebook, use all the code that someone else wrote, and uh, they run it for you. And then you just kind of wait for that. Uh, that, that's a good way to do it, but it doesn't let you modify certain values and unless you know what you're doing, but there's a, so trying to get that control, uh, to guide it towards like certain themes, like we have weekly themes, right? So it's kind of difficult to be, you know, Alice in Wonderland. Uh, so I'm able to guide it in a certain way by running it locally and modifying the actual script. Uh, so that's, that's what we use specifically is the VQ GAN plus clip that was popularized by Nerdy Roden. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Uh, he has a GitHub repository that's very like user friendly on how to get it to run locally, and so that's where we started at, and then we just modified it heavily. Uh, and you you run it through the command line prompt. It's it's not too difficult. Just the hardest part was modifying the script, but running it itself is very similar. It's like a Google collab. Like you give it a prompt, you can change parameters and values and negative weight values, uh, initial image, so stuff along those lines. Very cool. Um, does AI art, um, in your opinion, open up new entry points for people that might be a little bit apprehensive to get into the NFT space that might not feel so artistic like myself? Yeah, I, I think it does. I, I'm 
someone that's always appreciated art. Like I absolutely love the Baroque period or if it's sculptures, I love the Hellenistic period. So I've always been fascinated with art, just uh, not that great at it. But, you know, I've always loved coding. And so this was a great opportunity and like outlet for me to like flex my creativity. Uh, but no, it, it definitely is a very good entry point if it's something you're interested in. And not only that, like I, I can go into our process later of specifically how we make it if you want. But uh, I've gotten a lot better at like sketching and drawing because of this process. Like it because so I, I sketch out a basic scene before putting it into the AI because if you start from scratch, it's unless you're iterating a ton, it kind of gets too abstract for us. Like it's hard to focus on a central theme if you don't start from anything. Uh, so what I do is I sketch a scene in Photoshop uh, and that gives it a very like a uh, solid jumping off point because I don't know if uh, so people are familiar with this, but uh, the AI, it does read the scene. So if you start on like a white, just give it a white sheet of paper it'll know okay so that's just a blank background i'll do what i want with it uh but if you block out like a specific scene it will uh focus on those areas so you can kind of give it a really solid jumping off point or add noise to the areas you really wanted to focus on uh but yeah i, I do think it's a good way to like flex your creativity in, in my scene and like i said i sketching these scenes like i feel like i'm getting better and better and i'm actually becoming like a pretty good artist uh no, I mean, I don't want to say that. I'm okay-ish. Damn, I'm getting rubbed here. All right, I'm back. Uh, you can say that you're a good artist. I, I went through a lot of your your guys' stuff, like that you have on OpenSea, and I, I like it. I don't really think it matters how you create the art. It really matters what the final product is. And that's why AI art really, um, it intrigues me, because it... It makes me feel like I could create something that I normally wouldn't think I'd be able to. So do you guys have like a, a like any type of recurring themes in your artwork that you make or does it kind of change from piece to piece? Are you going the collection route or are you just going like one of ones? So we, we do one of one weekly theme drops. So uh, we, we typically come up with a theme, but this week specifically we set out a poll and had like four options. And I was actually really surprised at how many people voted. Uh, yeah, over 100 people, I think, voted. And honestly, I'm really glad Mythical Creatures uh, won. So, you know, I, I tend to like the darker arts. Like, our first drop was Occult. So I, I tend to like the more uh, Occult, like, darker feeling to art. But, uh, but no, it's that, that that's just my specific uh, likeness, I guess. But the... Well, there are certain inspiration I get, like, so I don't know if you're familiar with Gustav Dorr or Casper Friedrich. Those are some of my favorite artists. I like the, like, muted colors, dark themes. So, uh, along with that, yeah, yeah, that, that, that's basically where uh, our themes come from. But, uh, like I said before, we try to stick to something, like, very structured. So, we, we try to shy away from going abstract as much as we can. Uh, I just just how we appreciate the art, I guess, and what we're after. So how many, how frequently is the final product of a piece that you make end up being a throwaway piece? Like out of 10 pieces that you generate, how many of them are keepers? Ooh. Uh, so that's, that's kind of the process is I'll sketch out something. Uh, here, I, I can use a, a recent example. This one's kind of a, a spoiler, but so for this week's drop, Mythical Creatures, one of them was a not-so-familiar creature that most people probably don't know, but it's actually important to me. It's called a Groot Slang. Uh, so a Groot Slang is uh, it's an African uh, mythological creature that I researched the hell out of when I was overseas because uh, I, I spent nine months in East Africa. But it was one that I just researched a lot. I knew when I was bored. It was just uh, fun to research and look into. So this piece... Uh, I sketch out a basic scene. So this is like with uh, me talking about errors, right? So I sketch out a basic scene. Like I block out like, okay, I want a landscape. And so what the Grooslang is, is a giant snake with the head of an elephant. And so it's this cool mythological creature. Uh, so I sketch out a basic snake shape on the ground and I give texture to the sky and background. And then uh, I put it through and I realize, you know, you wait for it to iterate and then, uh, it, when it comes out, I'm like, oh shit, like it just mixed the 
the snake body with the ground. And so what I, you know, I consider that, you know, not what I want creative, you know, creatively. So back to the drawing board, I go back to Photoshop and I add like a noise, uh, a noise brush to separate the snake body from the ground. And that's just basically to let the AI know like, hey, these are two distinct objects, the body and the ground. And uh, I make sure I reflect that in, uh, in the prompt as well. And then I change, uh, like, like I mentioned before, the prompt weight. Uh, and then it comes out with, okay, so the AI, since I added that discriminator line, it's like, okay, I'll separate those. And then it comes out with a separated body. And I, I really like how that one turned out. But uh, so out of 10, it's hard to say out of 10 because like I'll iterate, I'll work on art. And then if it doesn't come out, I'll just immediately be like, nope, back to drawing board. So I, I end up spending a, like a while on each piece, I'd say. Like, uh, <laughs> like yeah, so most of my day, I, I get off uh, from programming and I just go straight to NFT artwork. And so, you know, I just work on this on all my free time taken up by NFTs. But I really enjoy the actual process. But so it, I will say it's very rare for the first attempt to just be perfect. That happened like once. Uh, I think it was our second piece, the, uh, uh, the Dark Lord Entombed. That one, I, I think that one was the only one that, uh, the first attempt, I was just like, wow, this is perfect. So you guys are making uh, an Alice in Wonderland themed um, collection currently. How many pieces do you have so far in this collection? So that, the Alice in Wonderland piece was actually last Friday and we sold out within 24 hours. Uh, it, it was about 20 pieces. We typically do 15 to 20. Uh, depending on t if time allows and uh, yeah, depending off time allows. So we had 20 different pieces and I think within a couple, within like two hours, over half the collection sold. And then by the end of 24 hours, we were sold out. And we're, it's, it's kind of interesting to see like the, uh, the interactivity between like people who own our art in our discord talking about it. And even the secondary sales are amazing. Like some of these secondary sales people are getting are like more, Point one, like someone last night sold one of our pieces for point one, which is, which is more than uh, like our actual art that we're selling. So we're like, oh, good for you. And then we, we always like to congratulate them and, you know, we're rooting for everyone. So are you building royalties into your art? Yeah. So there's uh, the 10% royalty with the collection. Uh, I think it's across all of our collections, but. Okay. That's, that's great. Um, talk about the charity element that you guys are doing with the project. Okay, so basically we alternate between a charity week and a Discord member reflection week. And it just bounces one than the other every other week. Uh, the charity, we uh, for the Alice in Wonderland, we gave donated to Toys to Tots. And, and we, we try to look for charities that ha are uh, on the giving block, which is like the donation uh, crypto uh, method. And so a lot of charities nowadays are adopting that where you can easily donate crypto straight to uh, these organizations. So uh, 10%, so basically all the profits from whatever week it lands on, 10% go to charity. And then the next week when it's a Discord member reflection, 5% of all profits go to a random member of our Discord. We just put your name in the giant spinning wheel and then uh, yeah, we get 5%. Well, and it is weighted because there's a level one, two and three collective. And that's just based upon your engagement in the Discord. So, for instance, if you're level one, your name gets put in twice. If you're level two, three times, you know, and so on and so on. The higher level you are, the more chances you have to win. So just kind of a little incentive for our Discord members. It's just, you know, you know how it can be trying to get engagement in Discord. So it's a little difficult. So we just try to make it fun for everybody in the community. Yeah. So as you level up, you get more attempts at winning that reflection, which I will say our, our second week, I believe, was uh, the week that we like sold everything out. Like. Uh, we had a collector come and like buy up all of our past projects and everything. And so that was on a discord member reflection week and a discord member ended up getting, what was it? $270. Yeah. 270 dollars to a discord member. Uh, just based on that reflection, we just chose it random and you know, I, I think they were stoked and we were happy that one of our, uh, one of our uh, discord members were able to retrieve that. And also, so for the Alice in Wonderland, uh, I think we raised about, yeah, $174 to Toys for Tots, which is a, an organization that Fallon's really close to as she used to volunteer a lot with them. So that, that was important to her. I'm happy we got that. 
That's awesome. Uh, you guys are on Polygon. What made you decide to go Polygon rather than Ether or Solana? No, you're good. I'm going to take this question. Um, but <laughs> he's he's doing so good. Um, so actually, um, Beluga, and I'm sure a lot of you people know Beluga Bay. Um, he's really big in the Polygon front, and that's actually who kind of introduced us to Polygon. Is when we first got in, we saw Ethereum, and then we we saw Polygon as like an option on the blockchain, but we weren't like we didn't totally know what that was. And at the same time, like we met Beluga, he started a group chat called the Poly Collective. We were a part of that, and he started doing his you know Polygon project. Uh, spaces every single day um and that's where we started joining and getting into the space and what really was attractive to us was the gasless fee or i mean it, there's still a fee but OpenSea covers it well i don't know for how long but anyway <laughs> that's a story for another time um so that's really what made us go polygon just because we don't i mean i we are too young in our 20s um, people who don't have a lot of uh, liquidity and so we really but we wanted to get in the nft space like everyone else and so we're like this was really a low barrier of entry for us um and on that's and then at the same time we wanted to be on the most common platform which is OpenSea at the moment and so that's really why we didn't go ver like rareable and stuff but we did just get a foundation invite and so we're pretty excited about that as we ha are exploring especially for 2022 some different routes we're going to take with our art um which we can discuss later too, if you want. But um, so that's what we're going to probably be branching um, some of uh, not higher quality because I don't want to lower the quality of our other pieces, but just some different, yeah, different mediums onto foundation. So we're pretty excited about that. Are you aware of the commission fee for foundation? Yes. And we um, know of the like double charging and stuff. And we um, have been looking into ways around those, uh, those in barriers uh, right now, but, we still haven't, like, we're not, like, anywhere close to listing on Foundation at the moment, so our attention is definitely still on OpenSea. Okay. Um, have you gotten in touch with Creative Owls, and uh, if so, are you guys going to be at the Polygon Summit that he's going to be having on the 22nd? Oh, heck yeah. Uh, we love Creative. We stay in contact. He's actually a collective of us, of us as well, as we have an owl, too. But um, yeah, we he's the one that really introduced us to spatial and metaverse galleries. And so we've been so fortunate enough to be able to attend his New Year's Eve party. We attended his first like opening, like showcase, like when he first like started spatial. Um, and yes, we are going to be at his uh, Polygon showcase, um, which I think is in a couple weeks or so. I have my dates have been going kind of in blur, but we definitely will be there. We love the metaverse. Uh, we think it's such a cool way to look, view art. Um, and yeah, so we're definitely going to be there. Uh, Venus, you requested, do you have a question for the guys? Hello. Uh, actually, I want to promote myself if, if it's possible. We're, we'll, do that. we'll do that after the space, okay. Uh, sorry? We're going to have every, everybody's going to have a chance to talk about their project after the space. We're doing an AMA right now. Um, request after we're finished. We'll be done in about 30 minutes. All right, where was I? Um, so, I kind of threw me off. Oh, virtual galleries. That's what I wanted to talk about. Um, have you put any of your artwork into any virtual galleries? So, we have been talking um, with Dave as he has like an on cyber gallery, and we started looking into maybe getting one as well. I will be completely transparent. Time is our biggest enemy <laughs> right now, and between Ryan's day job and uh, me marketing and creating art in our spare time, um, being in the metaverse, like it's really hard for us to find time for that. Uh, but it's definitely something we think is important and are definitely trying to set aside. But uh, just these next couple of weeks, Ryan's really busy. He has some military obligations um, in this coming two weeks, actually. So that's why we're like most slammed. Um, and on top of like we're creating custom pieces for, for some of our collectors. So we're just kind of slammed for time. But that is definitely something that we will be getting and in, more into in the future. Do you have any plans in the near future of incorporating any type of additional utility into your project? Well, right now, like, um, well, when I'll be honest, when we first started this, like, obviously no one expects to blow up, right? And we didn't really expect that, like, we love our art and we love that other people love our art. And so when we first made this, our utility was, you know, giving back to the community and art itself. 
Um, but with us growing as like fast as we are, we are definitely looking into some different avenues of utility. Like uh, Ryan had suggested at one time being like, um, like here, I'm gonna let him explain it because he's better at it. <laughs> so th this is like something we definitely need to find time for. As she said, we're like super, super busy. Uh, but I have, we have ideas for stuff. Like uh, imagine like going to our website and there being like a, uh, uh, a module where you can insert your own prompt and it automatically generates art uh, based on using our own, our own uh, model and our own GPU, right? Kind of like a Google Collab built into our website that you can enter and produce your own art that you feel passionate about. And then you can mint it straight from our site based on like a smart contract. Uh, see, that's another side project I'm learning too, is uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very big into uh, uh, self-teaching myself different aspects like cybersecurity, I'm very big on as well. Uh, but so teaching myself solidity right now on the side as well as all this art and my machine learning job. So it's, it's, uh, it's a lot going on right now, but that's something I do want to learn uh, or complete down the road is some kind of uh, application on our website where we can implement custom pieces for people mint it right there and they can buy it right there yeah i was going to ask you if you had any type of um plans in the future or down the road to actually program your own like ui for somebody where um you could mint anything or possibly you could input a picture like if i wanted to put in a picture of my nephew and then go into your UI and then be able to convert it over into some sort of generative piece. And then maybe, I don't know, it would get put into a virtual gallery or, you know, maybe it wouldn't necessarily cost me anything, but you would get royalties off of additional sales off it. I was just curious if you guys had any, any kind of out of the box game plans for stuff like that. No, that's that's absolutely it. like nail on the head. That's that's kind of what we're trying to do is create this like a uh, personalized feel to it, right? Because um, we we get the community's input on themes, and that's that's really fun seeing what people are interested in. Uh, so it would be even more interesting to see people's own creative prompts, or like you said, like a an important uh, photo to them, and see what that would create, or just pieces that they really connect with, rather than ones that I connect with that they connect with through me. I want I want them to be able to personalize it uh but yes that's definitely in the works just uh just busy times definitely our biggest enemy i have a couple quick technical questions before you you pass it back off now if you're going to do a generative piece and i want to do an ai piece let's say i take a picture of uh robert de niro right and i want to do a certain type of parameter to change what his mouth looks like can I also do a whole separate type of parameter to maybe change his eyes and his nose? Yes, you can. So other than some of the other modifications I said, like the Perlin noise, uh, image step size, all that, that's more minute stuff that uh, is very tailored. But so with just the prompt itself, uh, a lot of people are familiar with this, but some aren't. Uh, if you separate a prompt with a pipe symbol, which is like the straight up and down symbol on your keyboard, uh, it it t that tells the UI that or the the AI, sorry, that these are two separate prompts, but I want you to blend them. And so not only with that, you give those different values. So, like, uh, let me say Robert De Niro, and then I would say give that a value of seventy five. Uh, you do a, a colon seventy five space and then you add a pipe symbol and then you could or robert de niro with a frown right and then you add the pipe symbol and say green robert de niro with green eyes pipe symbol or then you give that a value of like 50 maybe like you don't want to over over modify right so if you give it a low value it's like okay you want 30 percent green eyes on robert de niro and so you can keep adding these different weights and different pipe values to get uh, a very blended image that you're after Oh, yeah, I will say that faces are one thing that are uh, very hard. So what I've read is that, so a lot of these, so most of these GAN and generative art stuff is based on uh, Dolly's model. Dolly are very secretive about their parameters and about what they're trained on, and it's not public. 
Russian Russians actually reverse engineered it and it's called Russian Dolly. Uh, but that's that's another thing. So basically, since they're protective of it, uh, they did release clip alongside that, which people use. But uh, OpenAI is the next big one that made a publicly available model that people use today is based on OpenAI. And from what I read, they basically make it very difficult to train on faces intentionally to avoid uh, for security reasons. For like, you've seen people use like uh, deep fake and stuff like that to reproduce that Tom Cruise who looks exactly like him. So people don't, they didn't want people recreating absolutely perfect faces. Uh, I don't know if this is like a conspiracy theory, but it, you definitely notice it is hard to make accurate faces in these games. Okay. My second and last technical question. If I'm making a piece of AI art, we'll just say a face, just to keep it kind of uniform with the with the way I was going. So let's say I make a face, and the first thing I want to do and generate is the mouth of the person. And then I want to do the eyes second, and then the nose third. If I don't like how the eyes came out in the second step, can I revert back and keep the mouth the same if I like the mouth, or do I have to start over fresh? So, yes, with relative accuracy. So, one of the one value that's in like every type of GAN is called the seed value. And that basically randomizes how it uh, how it scrapes the data set. And so let's say you have a seed value of like 112165 or whatever. Uh, whatever that seed value is, is, as long as you save that seed value and give it the same text prompt, same seed value, same parameters, it, it should create it relatively close. Uh, so let's say you had Robert De Niro, whatever, 100% value, and then a pipe symbol, and then you said give them green eyes with 80%. And then you're like, oh, that didn't turn out too good. Let's lower that. Let's give them 20% green eyes. As long as you have that same seed value, it should turn out relatively the same. If you change that seed value, it's going to modify it. it. Not to a crazy extent, but it will modify it uh, visibly. This is the most technical I've ever got on an AMA before. So uh... <laughs> No, ask away. This is like my forte. This is what I like talking about. Yeah, well, I don't. I can't really think of too many more technical things. I'm not really too good at that that part of it. But um, can you guys talk about any giveaways that you've done? Um, if you have any upcoming giveaways or collaborations that you're doing with people, um, that maybe you want to plug in order to you know build your Discord or anything else. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll hand it back to Fallon for that one. Thanks, everyone. Yeah, so um, we definitely do a giveaway every single week that we have a drop. Um, it's just kind of our way, of, like a another chance for somebody to get one of our pieces um, for free. Um, so we definitely do a giveaway every single drop. We we had it initially on a roadmap for Friday, but it that it was too hard to do the drop and that, so we just changed the giveaway to Saturday. Uh, so right after our drop on Saturday, there's always going to be a giveaway, and then I always make them really simple. Like uh, you just have to follow us and retweet like my pin tweet. I don't make people tag others and stuff. I just want to keep it easy uh, and simple for people to join because I know how that can be, and sometimes people don't like being tagged. So definitely, that's our giveaway. As far as collabs. Um, we are like working with a lot of other artists and trying to do collabs. Like I mentioned, I know we say like time again, but time really is hard. So we have worked with Viber um, and I'm, I'm, I don't know if you know who Viber is, but he's a big part of the Beluga space. Um, so I have worked with Viber and we created a collection and that's just kind of being wait to be released on his end because he's like Photoshop wizard and he's doing some um, after effects to some of our pieces. Uh, so that'll be coming. I don't know when though, I'll be completely honest because he's been kind of busy with his own collection drops, but that is one of the big, one of the bigger collabs we've done. Um, I know I did with Taco Tribe. I created an AI taco for them for one of their derivative, uh, just fun giveaway things. Um, and actually we won. So that was pretty cool. Um, but as far as like just a lot of like ongoing collabs, uh, not not many. I'll, we just, yeah, like I said, just time. And oh, Ryan has something to add. Oh, I, I guess just with, uh, I don't know if she talked about it, but with the giveaway-ish is uh, anyone who owned two uh, pieces from our collection or more, we reached out to them and basically if you own two before January 1st, we reached out to you and we asked like, what would you want to see in a custom piece that will mint and give to you? This is a way to give like, give back to the people that really support us. And like, you know, it's happy to see 
them get a more personalized piece. So we've been working on that for a while now, trying to get those custom pieces because I, I really like the prompts that a lot of people came up with. So it's been fun seeing what they want and working on it. So. Yeah, there was like 16 pieces that we had to create. So that on top of the weekly drop. So that was fun. So you guys have also been um, helping run uh, Twitter spaces at nighttime. Um, well, it's really nighttime for me. I'll, I'm usually sound asleep by then. But uh, you have Trip Trip um, running it. And both the Soma crew and Emily Ann are running it. So can you tell us a little bit about your space? Uh, what you guys talk about? Is there... Uh, specific topics is it kind of just like uh open mic and open-ended how, how does it work and uh, i don't know if trip trip wants to come up and, and speak as well but if you do i'll bring you up too yeah so um yeah we are fortunate enough uh, me and emily are co-hosts of trip trip on his nightly um space and it's called the put your kids to bed you know shill and chill for collectors artists you know whatever but i will say it's not just a shill space it's definitely a space that we have tried to create um some like being open-minded and listening to people because we've had a lot of mental health talks we've had a lot of like if people blockchain questions um trip is very good about helping other artists given ideas support so i will definitely say it's more than just a shill space whereas that is kind of the focus i guess um and it's every single night from 11 p.m to 1 a.m eastern so i'm actually on the west coast so for me it's only 10 or 8 to 10 p.m so i'm kind of fortunate on that front but um yeah it's, it's been nightly so far uh me, M, and Trip have been there every single night um, for about a week or two now. Um, and it's a really great space just to come and talk and, you know, ask some questions. Like, we, we definitely try to create an environment that it's a low pressure. Um, we've been in a lot of other spaces where, you know, it, it's all about, okay, you guys have a three-minute shark tank. You know, and like we don't, we try not to do that because we want to be more intimate with the artists that come up. And I know for me, I at least try to buy a piece from. I you can ask Trip. I buy a piece. My collection is like seventy-five piece collection now. Um, because I try to buy a piece every single night that someone comes in and talks. Because I don't know, supporting small artists is really, really important in this space. We all started somewhere. Um, and that's really important to me specifically. And I know it is for Trip and Emily as well. So that's that's a little bit about that space. <laughs> not to <Yeah>. go too. <laughs> like supporting your local mom and pop shop that's kind of how i look at it you know how we support uh smaller artists and i, I dig it so much trip you got anything you want to talk about uh actually real quick you kind of hit you kind of hit what i was gonna say um I, that's kind of how i treat it uh it's kind of like the small uh mom and pop shops right so like if you just kind of help each other around everywhere you kind of get that back and it's been super successful as in it there's so much knowledge going around and it's just it's been crazy uh and as she was saying uh we try not to like discourage anybody from coming in because we try to give everybody the floor for the amount that they have for their project and whatever they have to say or questions and everything like that um there's been a few nights where we had to kind of like move that along but i mean that happens right but i also add people to fast pass for the next day so those people can come back and they can talk first before anybody else and uh we definitely have a lot of collectors coming in at night kind of kind of at random and kind of anonymous, right? So we've definitely had uh, at least one piece sell uh, from the crowd uh, every night so far. And we've, like she said, we've been doing this for almost two weeks straight. Uh, we've had uh, a man come in, Viber. Uh, he has sold out two full collections within the hours of us being in the space too. So whoop, whoop. it's definitely been really, really cool seeing how it's it's been going on. And, and definitely uh, it's been a pleasure working with Soma. Uh, the two of them by my side, I couldn't be able to do it without them too. So it's pretty crazy how a few a few people at host spaces kind of turned this into an all day event. If you really want, you know how how we have uh, Mega and we have Creative Al's in the morning, and then midday you got. Um, midday you got beluga and dave then you got us uh we're kind of like the right after dinner and then you got you guys in the late night so it's you really like if you want to spend your whole day in spaces like you could really spend your whole day in spaces and there's like two hour shows that you could just kind of chill with all day long it's, and it kind of happened organically we just kind of did this uh i don't know how the hell it happened but it happened 
has a large part to do with how strong, especially specifically Polygon and that community is. Because I know a lot of the uh, you know artists you mentioned are on Polygon, and that's like that's where we got introduced to a lot of other people like Creative, Mega, um, Beluga. That's like where we all met and we all started becoming friends. And we were like, okay, so then when's your space? Okay, here's when I want mine. And then that's where we're like, okay, guys, we're creating like a you know an all day type of space where we all kind of know each other and we're creating this environment of friendship and just community. You know what I mean? So I like that you point that out, that it's kind of crazy, but it's also just super awesome. Yeah, just real quick. Uh, that was kind of like the whole point to why I kind of approached Soma and Emily to be my co-hosts. Um, I asked them if it was cool with that time, and uh, we've kind of been stating around everywhere around Twitter. It's more or less we do pretty much have a 24-hour clock now running with spaces. Um, so one thing I wanted to say is anybody in the crowd uh, – definitely jump into some of those spaces and start talking because you're going to be heard. And we were definitely getting to know a lot of people first name and by PFPs and different things like that. And uh, it's just, it's definitely been super, super cool. And uh, just, yeah, thanks for letting me, uh, let me come up and talk about that real quick. Yeah, no problem. And the, the good thing too is it's, none of us are really running the same format either. Um, it's not like just, you know, you shill your project, okay, next, you shill your project, next, you shill your project. Like, everybody kind of has, like, their own thing, but we're all interconnected through it, and uh, if you have an NFT project and you want to get in really, like, involved with a relatively large group of people, um, Polygon is really, like, a very supportive crew that we have here, and like I said, the spaces run all day long, so you're going to be able to meet a lot of people that are always willing to help you and the you know, help your, help your journey along the way. So I'm glad I met you guys. You guys really, um, you guys kind of give me the motivation to keep on going too. You know, like it, it really is a lot of work to do this stuff like every day and to keep on a, a tight schedule and doing this. But you know, I, I, I appreciate it a lot. I don't think I know what sleep is my man uh, anymore, my man. Um, between creating, trying to run spaces, jumping in discords. I also help my buddy run a small business. Um, I, yeah, it's definitely been chaotic the past couple of weeks, but honestly, my community is what makes me run uh, full full force there. And like I said, I wouldn't be able to do it without my co-host. So I've got a, a question for Selma, but I also just want to say, like, um, that's why we're here uh, is to support, um, you know, small artists and pretty much, you know, like that that's that's the, the point uh, of these spaces and. Um, a lot of the spaces that were mentioned were to support small artists. Um, and I, I just want to say, like, yeah, that's what that's the vision we're all about. And um, it, it, Selma, you actually bought one of my pieces. And I just want to say, like, it meant a, a freaking lot. Like, you know, it, it wasn't a whole lot of money, um, but it, it really like it, it gave me a lot of hope. And, and it, it means a lot to see that, you know, small artists are also supporting small artists and um you know the the amount that we're growing is, is is awesome in the polygon community um and and the you know the the combination of all these spaces that we're working on like uh the flooding in from dave and, and um creative owl spaces is is cool um and it's, it's kind of why we're here but uh my question was about machine learning and, and ai I, i'm a little bit of a nerd and weirdo, I, I would love to know if there's any <laughs> if there's any possibility that AI and machine learning, or do you know of any AI or machine learning that could be um, attached or or um, made with uh, communication and, and vocal uh, vocal data? Yeah, for sure. Oh, hold on, Ryan's getting excited. I gotta hand the phone over to him. <laughs> Yeah, so there's a uh, there's actually a few different things that I've seen like around. Uh, I haven't personally like messed with them too much, but they do exist. So, are you basically saying like uh, like you can generate art based on a sound file or like music or like an audio file? Because if that's the case, yeah, then there's uh there's different methods. Like I can send you some links afterwards if you're interested. Uh, I think it's there's one that's like it's musician in it's like multiple ends kind of like a neural network uh but that that's one that i i don't know exactly how it works behind the scenes i guess it would take the peaks and valley the peaks and valley uh values from a song like a 
uh, basically like it'll recreate the sound value and interpret it and try and translate that to art based on the uh, the sound you know amplitude. But I I don't, I don't really know exactly, but I have seen that around. And another one that's like uh, I forget what it's called exactly, but it's basically uses clip instead of GAN. It uses a clip with uh, some kind of audio discriminator. So uh, my question was more like so. I, I have a dream of making, uh, you know, uh, interactable digital consciousness. Um, and, I, you know, I was wondering if, like, I guess this might be something that we'd have to take uh, to, to a DMs. But I was just wondering if there's, if you believe there's any potential to make a 3D interactable file using AI that you could, you know, essentially, like, speak to or have a, hold a conversation with uh, digitally. I, I think it's absolutely possible, and I think it already exists out there. Uh, in, in so far as I'm pretty sure it would be run in like an application rather than as like a file, like a, a GLB file or something, because I think those are like un- immutable, so you can't really alter it after the fact. But uh, there's there's a lot of interesting going on. There's stuff I was researching the other day that's basically like it's art that's generated based on live data. So this is something. Uh, I'm, I'm very interested in is that uh, so before a machine learning program, I was a, a data scientist. And so data is like big data is always at my core. I, you know, I love working with it. Uh, the, there's a, an artist that I'm really inspired by named Rafik Anadol, if anyone's familiar with him. He uses uh, big data. So like real world data, like uh, the wind values from airports. And he generates these amazing light shows and artistic pieces based on actual data. And so to circle back, there's uh, there's actually something I saw. It was basically generating art based on your live Twitter feed. And so if you get different tweets, it would change this live art piece. And so people could just tweet different colors and aspects and shapes, and it would influence the art. Uh, something like that, though, I think it would be a different type of program rather than something you could upload to OpenSea. Because I'm, I'm kind of struggling with the same thing, working towards that direction. But it's like, I don't know exactly how to get that on OpenSea. So it might be something we could implement on like a website or something like that. But, oh, absolutely. Like I'll, I'll hit you up in the DMs and uh, send you some links and we can talk more. Oh, yeah. Man. Thank you. How, how long do you think it's going to take before Polygon has an art project on it, like the Board Apes? That's sizable of a project. Well, I mean, as far as I know, I see like that Zed run um horse racing uh is on polygon and they're quite a big project i haven't looked into the project or like are any like aspects on that front um i just know they're quite large because i like to look at the statistics on OpenSea. um but as far as like to become bored ape status i think we're trending in the right direction um you know ethereum has been battle tested uh quite a bit longer than polygon has as it's been around quite a bit longer so i mean we're kind of seeing the struggles right now with polygon you know what i mean so I think it's definitely here coming in the future, but for now, I, I can't give you a time. <laughs> they can iron out some of the wrinkles. I think Polygon could take the lead. Yeah. So have you come to witness any artists that are minting on Polygon that after they actually got their feet wet with it have decided to go back to Ethereum, or do they typically have, um, do they typically have like staying power within Polygon itself? Well, I'll be honest, we're kind of like biased in the fact that like we were introduced to the Polygon community first. And so that's kind of like the community we know right now. Um, Obviously, I know I've been in some bigger Twitter spaces with blue checks and stuff where they strictly use Ethereum um, for various reasons. But uh, so I have been talking to them and they like, yeah, they only strictly use Ethereum. So I don't know if like that biggest struggle right now, I think, would be, you know, kind of pushing Polygon. on you know in putting polygon uh, giving polygon more of a platform i guess versus like if people go back and forth um because i mean it's really hard to pass up the no gas fee you know what i mean nobody wants to throw 200 dollars to the wind or whatever it may be at the moment um so that is like a very you know attractive standing with polygon but yeah as far as like going from like polygon back to ethereum i'm not sure of any artists that have done that i know artists that do both um, that have uh, collections on Ethereum and Polygon to try and just, you know, be more attractive to, you know, both communities of strictly Ethereum or strictly Polygon. Um, so, yeah, that's as far as I guess we would know. 
Yeah, typically the people I see that are doing the splits, um, they use Polygon to do a lot of their airdrops in order to, you know, save money as far as that goes. Um, I don't know. I just. Yeah, I'm no, not... that's what we see too. So. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not really down with gas fees. I think gas fees are pretty like whack. Um, I can't. I still have a hard time justifying like buying a thirty dollar NFT and paying two hundred and fifty dollars gas on it. It's really, really difficult for me to wrap my head around that. Um, I would much rather take the thirty dollars for the NFT and the two hundred and fifty dollars and just give the artist two hundred and eighty dollars for their art as opposed to my two hundred and fifty dollars just floating in limbo for gas fees. Hundred percent. Well, it goes like, in the garbage too. That money. Well, it, yeah. like to go off that, like I've seen a lot of artists, like you have to not overprice their work on Ethereum, but you have to make it, you know, almost more expensive than the gas fee. Because then it's like I've seen a lot of artists, like it's kind of pointless to only pay, you know, ten dollars, where to also pay two hundred dollars just for t transaction to go through. You know what I mean? So I see yeah. that like kind of weakness with Ethereum in that sense as well. Yeah, that's kind of why I was asking you earlier if you looked into the fees for Foundation because. I know they charge like 15% commission for people to um, sell their art on there. And I feel like a lot of artists, when they go on platforms like Foundation, they have pressure to raise the price of their art. And if their art's already established at a lower price, I feel like they kind of have a, a fine line that they're like walking on where should they raise the price in order to cover the commission fees or should they just do the same price that they normally go and just take a hit in order to be on a, a, an additional marketplace i think there's a lot of thought you have to put into it when you're when you're doing stuff like this no 100 percent. and uh, that's kind of like why if we were to go on foundation we would be exploring different mediums as in the quality of the art would definitely be different than what would be than what is shown on OpenSea. Um, so kind of like what Ryan was saying is more of that like data science art. Uh, that's kind of the route that we were going to probably go towards um, if we were going to go on foundation, as in that is a lot more technical and a lot more time involved in order to create art like that. So it's going to by default be, I guess, a bit more of a pricier piece from time and quality. So that's if we were like when we go the foundation route, it definitely won't be the artwork that like you see on OpenSea at all. Yeah. Well, you know, I normally don't do this, but I'm going to do it today. Once and once only, we are opening up a gasless marketplace and we're going to have the lowest commission fees out there. So, and we're on Polygon. So if you guys ever decide to, uh, you know, stroll on over to our side, you, we, uh, you we see you, we see you. We've had a lot of your um, supporters uh, comment on the 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 chain or whatever uh, on our tweets so it's definitely something we're looking towards i will say um we are working with a lot of other uh nft marketplaces where like we are going to be on sugar factory bsc mint um nft we're going to be working with um and like OpenSea obviously so like we honestly like we're gonna and we're also actually going to be working with mulletverse too as they are creating their own platform as well so we're trying to like get our you know feet wet in like kind of all these different areas one because like obviously like the we want to put ourselves out there but we also want to help everybody else and like you know get putting our name on all these different platforms so i think it'd be a cool way just to you know help it's like a you know we help each other out so yeah, that's that's the only time I'm ever gonna do that. I only did because our developers in the room, and I wanted to, uh, I wanted to give them a little bit of a shout. Nah, you're fine. You're fine. I know. Like, I, there's like, I mean, especially with NFTs being such a new space, like all these like other different platforms, it's about time they start coming out. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, anybody has any questions for Soma? Um, feel free to raise your hand to come up. Um, if you're in the box, shout it out. Um, so, oh, here's here's a question I had for you. Um, I don't know how comfortable it's going to sound when I ask it. When you did the Alice in Wonderland collection, were you a little bit worried about possible like copyright issues? Yeah. So actually, I'm glad that you brought that up, Ryan. I'm gonna let him talk about it because he was already there. Yeah, it's it, it's always something that like you have to take into account because you can't you can't just like take an image and then throw it into AI and like. Uh, you know, use that as your art, and at least not without giving like credit towards the original artist or the original creator or something like that. Because we're we're big on trying to avoid copyright issues, and we don't want to uh, even go towards that. But uh, so I, I guess it was on our mind, but we did our best to 
try and just utilize like famous likenesses, right? Like the Mad Hatter is kind of a staple, right? So I was curious to see what it came out with and I was, we were pretty happy with it and it didn't, it didn't feel like we were violating uh, any type of copyright laws or anything like that. So yeah, it's, it's, it's like a derivative take on uh Cheshire cat or, uh, you know, Mad Hatter. So it's, I would say it's, it's hard to do these like very famous characters without getting their likeness. Right. <laughs> yeah. Crap, I thought I was getting rugged. Yeah, I was I was just curious um if you guys had any tips for anybody that um might want to do something similar with maybe already made pieces to avoid any maybe cease and desist orders or however it might go. Um that's why I was really curious when I saw your Alice in Wonderland piece, what you guys did to maybe avoid having any issues. So a big step that would uh help anyone struggling with this is uh either i don't know if how gifted that person would be in uh drawing or something or so you can use like a certain piece as inspiration and then take it into whatever art studio you use like uh, clip studio photoshop uh sci you know whatever you want to use and either try and recreate it to the best of you can as you can or just use like their likeness while sketching out uh and then the ai is actually trained on like a different data sets one of them is ImageNet which is absolutely massive, you know, millions of photos. So a lot of these popular figures, as long as it's very popular, like the AI knows who it is more or less. So it, it knows a lot of Alice in Wonderland characters, but if you do something or like artists, so like if you use Casper uh, Friedrich, you know, the famous uh, romanticism painter, uh, it knows who he is. It knows his style. So, uh, but if you try to do someone more modern, like someone who's famous on ArtStation or DeviantArt, uh, it might, it probably won't know who they are. So as long as it's something that's very famous and popular, pop culture, AI tends to know what it is. So I would say do your best to work with the parameters. Like it is a lot of trial and error. So you t keep taking it back into Photoshop, modifying different aspects, uh, discolor certain areas, add noise, add blackout lines or uh, block out some of the portions. And uh, I guess just do your best to uh, try and get whatever image you have like in your mind onto the uh, piece. So. Very cool. Um, is there anything that I missed that you guys uh, would like to share with the crowd before we kind of wrap things up? Did I miss anything? Well, uh, I just wanted to bring up like uh, we so we do do weekly themes. Um, so like Alice in Wonderland was our last Friday drop and we do the weekly drops are on Friday. Um, so this week it's going to be mythical creatures. Um, they're always going to be in a 15 to 20 piece collection. We might change that in the future. I don't know because weeklies uh, getting to be a, a lot of work, <laughs> but um, that's what it is for now. Uh, they're like I said, they're always one of ones. The floor is 0 0.0145 for this next collection. So we definitely try to keep um, our pieces accessible to others. I will say though, they, they sell out very, very quickly. So if you wanted to get in um, on to on the drop, we always release them um, Friday at 9 a.m. Uh, Pacific time. Um, we also mint the night before just because we, we need the time to be able to list on Friday. So we always mint it the night before. So you could always look at the pieces that you might want, you know, favorite them, however you want to do that, have your eyes on. And then, you know, right at nine o'clock, you know, just try and be the first one. It's kind of funny because like in our discord, the people are always like, yeah, damn it. That's the one I wanted. And then they're like, okay, would you trade? And I don't know. It's just kind of cool to see people who are so interested in our art as we've like recently have never even asked, like been asked, like, what time do you guys drop? And I was like, oh, okay, we need times. But <laughs> so I just wanted to put that out there. If anyone was truly interested, um, I would definitely say join our discord as that's where we do a lot of sneak peeks. Uh, we get a lot of feedback. We, I am very active in the Discord. I built it, so I uh, that's like my baby. So I'm always in the Discord talking to the community. Um, you can always there's a question section. There's a, a Soma FAQ. There's a Polygon onboarding FAQ. So if you didn't know how to maybe get Polygon and OpenSea or transferring to Ethereum and the bridge networks that are available, there's just a whole FAQ section associated with that. Um, so yeah, I just kind of wanted to put that uh, technicality out there. Absolutely kick ass. Um, so check out their art. Uh, the website is soma-ai.art. 
uh, add them we on. We are Twitter. docs on there too, by the way. If anyone was curious what we look like, uh, there's a picture of our team. So right. I know stuff that that. So I just wanted to throw that out there too. That's, that's one thing I forgot to ask you about your team. Um, how important is Rudy to uh, the creative project? Oh, dude, I, he's, wolf developer. he's the wolf developer, first of all. Um, he is literally the, the creative mind that helps Ryan keep going day in and day out while he's up till like wee hours of the day. He literally has a chair that he sits next to Ryan on his PC and he just sits there and he, you know, when Ryan's feeling a little anxious, you know, a piece is not going the way he likes, he just reaches over, gives him a little pat, you know, gives him a little nudge to keep going. But no, but seriously, he is a really big part of the team. And you'll usually hear him. We had took away squeaky toys for the AMA, but he definitely, uh, you usually hear him. Rudy's their dog, if anybody was wondering who Rudy is. Um, yeah, so add them on Twitter. Go to their Discord. Also, check out their Twitter spaces. It's uh, Is it every night? It's Monday through Friday? Or is it, are you doing weekends as well? Yes, it is every night um, so far. Like I, We've talked to Trip, and Trip has thus far plans on having it every night, whether the co-hosts are able to or not. But everyone has been able to, I think, except Emily can't make it tonight. But um, there every single night, 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern, 8 to 10 p.m. Pacific. Uh, so, yeah, come in. Come say hi. Um, yeah. Well, I just want to thank you again for coming by. And I'm going to probably DM you guys so maybe you could get me uh, a little bit into this AI art. because Of course, of course. We always try to help onboard. We don't gatekeep anything. I know I sometimes feel like we're a little bit quiet in the community, but... That's honestly just because we like to, we prefer the smaller spaces so we can get more intimate with people and talk about it. Because as you can see, it, it, there's a lot of work that goes behind it because we don't just use a web UI and we don't just use a phone app. So there's just a lot that goes into it. Um, and so it's really hard to get that in like a one to two minute, you know, shill speech. So if you ever want to like have any questions, we, we're very open. Don't gatekeep anything. So DMs, bring them in. Well, thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate your time. Um, it's soma-ai.art. Check out their stuff, everybody.